0: Welcome to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. Today, we got the whole crew here for an awesome show with my man, Gavin Sweeney, who is from the UK, living in Mexico, selling on Amazon US, projected 90K rev in uh, August, which we're super excited to get into. um, All that, as always, thank you to our sponsor, Selleramp. Make sure to get a free trial at Selleramp.com. Mobile app, Chrome extension, web app. Help you source more profitable items faster. Check it out, Selleramp.com. Link in the description. All that, Gavin. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, thanks for the invite, man. Uh, absolute pleasure to be here. Very excited for this.
1: 100%. All right. So, UK native, living in Mexico, selling on Amazon yeah. US. Take us back to the beginning, and we'll talk. The, you know, how you got to where you are today, finding success Ooh, okay. in uh, a country you don't live in. Not even. Formerly now not selling in the UK, all that. Well, let's let's take us back to the beginning.
0: All right. So I probably started in like 2020 during the start of COVID. Like many people, bored. So it's like I wanted something to do. So on Twitter from like Soros and Charles that they're starting a Discord group. They're doing Amazon arbitrage. So I I actually started on my own from the UK because there was no USA group. So what I initially started doing was buying private label products online and then reselling it on the same Amazon list and just undercutting them. Absolutely never do that. I'm surprised I didn't get banned. To be honest,
1: I am too. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then yeah, like just kept ended up doing some online arbitrage, and then kept at it. And then I found I discovered that printers were actually pretty damn insane. So I only started with like 1.5k capital, but with printers I doubled it like almost every single month. There was some instantly for, like a hundred plus ROI. So. Doing that, I then met someone who can write bots. So then we started writing bots for websites. We can pick up their stock. And then we started buying directly from Amazon. And then before I knew it, I sold over 1,000 printers in February 2021. Just, just, absolutely so just,
2: for, it. just for context, are you in USA here or are you in? This is, U-
0: this is UK right now. Okay, okay. So this is UK. Then I started scaling scaling on my UK. I got it up to about 8K turnover per month. But the thing is, like, the USA is the real big market, right? That's where like, the real money is made. So I, I had seven VAs at the time I was managing. My um, intention was to move VAs over to the USA. But I think the way I did it was bloody horrendous because I moved like, my best sources over. Then my UK started to struggle. And because the UK started to struggle, my UK sources then started to go a bit rogue. So I had to fire two VAs. And it's like, well, now I don't have any sources for the UK. So I moved my entire team over to the USA. So now I only focus on the USA for now. That's a very very quick rundown.
1: It was interesting think- that uh, printers were a bolo in the UK. I saw a bunch of people tweeting about it then and fairly recently um as well and i don't think there was a printer shortage at all in the u.s Did anyone you guys hear about oh no, there really? was
3: there was a period where printers were profitable oh yeah uh, yeah they're 100 during like and COVID was, stuff they were that was during everything was profitable during yeah COVID, so, I mean, it was just across the board any like so you... ho- any like home office supplies during covid were, oh like, true yeah three four x on amazon is ridiculous oh man it was
0: so much fun like <laughs> i used you know. said... to I didn't have a prep center at one point, so I'd have like, my bed, and then I'd print just stacked up to the ceiling. Oh, that
1: dude, that's what dreams are made of, man. That was like me bet, right. me in college, man. I got, like, pictures. We had, so I lived in, like, a 10 by 16 room with another person, and at one point, I had 200 pairs in there. It was the Back peak, in the peak, 2018. Yeah, it was the peak.
0: That is insane. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, those, those are, like, proper good memories, right? Mm. There was, like, one time I was walking from the supermarket, and I, I ordered, like, 10 or 20 printers so the staff gave me a trolley they just wanted it back so i trolleyed a bunch of printers all the way down back home oh mate. it was like living the dream it was, just, it was like so chaotic but so much fun
1: and so that was ra then right now you're obviously yeah. all
0: oa yeah that, that was a mixture of ra and OA, but it's more like click and collect RA, right because i'm not going out there finding the items i order it online and just collect it
1: oh like order pickups and such yeah Yeah. nice yeah okay and you were picking it up yourself or other people were picking up
0: for you no i pick it up all myself so i was living in central london at the time so really i go all around to the shops in like massive carrier bags in each arm and i get onto like the tube and just carry all the printers on the tube with me so
2: over over there at the time what was like the the reselling culture like right because now right now in america it's it's like the new wave right everyone's trying to get reselling everyone's learning about it back then in the uk was it something you knew people of doing or is it kind of just
0: no it was so quiet man it was like the twitter side of it was completely dead there was like no one there doing it so i didn't really know what where to go source and that kind of stuff so sometimes i'd go out and like I'd head off at, like, 6 a.m., get back at 4 p.m., find absolutely nothing. Oh, and I'd be like, well, i got, like, three, four more hours, I'm able to do the rest of the job. And I, I'd clock, like, between twenty and 30,000 steps a day. It was proper nuts. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the thing is, you only have, like, the honeymoon period for so long, so you may as well like, completely use all of it right and not be lazy during that period.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: of uh, Of specific items and such. And then how does it change in terms of, like, the tools used between us and uk if at all i know there's some specific ones that are only uk some that are only us that kind of stuff
0: so we use a lot of the same tools still the difference is a lot of the prep centers in usa using venture labs so we've had to use that which i think is actually actually really good to, to be fair. so the only difference is is that we use Invention venture labs we are trying out the Sunless snap Repricer, pricer but i have mixed uh, reactions about it. it's so Danny
3: expensive. likes that. Yeah. Yeah, I use I use Seller Snap, but it, it's extremely expensive. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So I've got it like half price on like some sort of like yeah, accelerated for like three one. Months, right? Yeah. Yeah,
3: they. But
0: the, the thing is, man, like it puts so many items like above the pricing threshold, so Amazon just disables them. So there's the price is too high.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they've been doing that more often since COVID, taking away buy boxes and stuff when the items are too high.
0: Yeah, it's my head
3: yeah,
2: there was a whole big, a lot of big news articles about Amazon, like price scheduling and stuff. Like so, they sent out a whole ton of uh, account health issues and stuff like that. But yeah, in terms of switching your account, was it the same account that you just sort of
0: transitioned to the U.S. marketplace, or did you have to make a new account and kind of? So I made an American company, and then you have to get oh, yeah. the EIN, which took like yep. two to three months.
3: Really, it took and, that long,
0: yeah. It's oh, so, long. why mm-hmm.
3: did it take so long? Because you're
0: not exactly, I'm not basically, I'm not American. Like, okay. I think everything's super quick if you're American. It's like I'm applying for an IT now, which is like some sort of another tax identifier, yeah. so I can know. get like business, credit cards, that kind of stuff. And I applied for that like five months ago. I'm still waiting,
1: yeah. How is that? Like, do you get a ton of cancels because you're not using US based credit cards?
0: So, I do have a US credit card oh okay Amex, which is built off the back of my uk uh credit history so i think it's like some sort of ideal like between like uk and usa where that's kind of doable yeah that's which is actually be, really uh, fortunate
1: yeah that that's good that the us and uk have you know reclaimed their relations yeah. you know over the, uh, like, the centuries and such um, like um, man
0: i need my points yeah. to fly you know well that, yeah, that yeah, yeah true points.
1: true Speaking of that, yeah, so we kind of glossed over the whole seven VA thing, but how'd that go? Because you haven't been doing this for super long, and i it's you know obviously a big operation to manage and stuff like that. So talk about once you started to get VAs involved, because a lot of people listening to this are either considering it, want to, don't know how to get into it, all that.
0: Yeah, so I'm absolutely horrendous at admin. So it's impossible for anyone to do admin worse than me because I'm that bad at it. Like, this is as simple as, like, adding stuff to buy it. So, so I got an admin VA first. And then it's like, well, I want to, like, slowly reduce my time because I do want to travel. So I had no managerial experience. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get a few VAs. And then I'm going to learn how to manage these people. Like, and then I hired four VAs in one month. So I spent an hour a day with each of them. It was pretty oh, intense. Yeah. But it's like... I'm doing it because it's, I'm going to outsource my time in the future. But I also need to learn managerial skills, and if I if I want to learn them, then I need employees, right? And if you got like two, two or three, then it's like even more useful because you're going to learn quicker. Then you're managing a team rather than managing an individual person. And so, you can
1: compare. The big part is too you can compare performance and yeah. gamified bonuses.
0: That that's the interesting thing actually between the employees, like. Whichever one actually really enjoys it, it's just going to absolutely fire off. But then they all have their own personal circumstances so performance can drop and it's more like figuring out why and how you can support them rather than just getting like really annoyed. And yeah, and
1: actively training them too. So many people jump yeah. the gun on-, on going the VA route of things when they're not even that good on their own yet. You know what I mean? Ad source and I think and
0: I think that's actually a big problem on Twitter. Like Some people are doing like 5 or 10k turnover and they have more than enough time to source themselves, but they're get like one or two VAs too quick whereas ideally like get a good basis of knowing how to source and then if if you really have that much capital and you still have the time to source yourself then you can get a VA but you should also still source yourself like you shouldn't you shouldn't get a VA then just stop sourcing immediately.
2: It's such like a a buzzword nowadays right to be able to kind of throw around on social media oh I have I have three VAs it's just like it, yeah. I feel like it just puts people essentially on like an upper upper pedestal that they're certainly not ready
0: for. Yeah, so I, you always got to look at the turnover. It's like, okay, like if your turnover is really low and you have a lot of VAs, that's quite scary, right? Because It's like how much money are you actually making? And are you in a position where you're ready for VAs as well? How did you find yours and how did you hire them? I got mine through Classroom FBA. Oh yeah, okay. we got uh, to get him on
2: high. too. Yeah, we had we had a uh,
3: how, how was your think, experience
0: uh, with yeah. that? I had a good experience. Um I have let a few go, but like one of my best sources, and I think he's gonna be my future CAO, CEO, is like just excellent, and he came from there. Oh. So I think But you've really, the thing is you've really got to put the time and effort into them, right? Like you've got to build a good relationship, you've got to get like comfortable with them, know them personally if you're just like hey yo where's my deals then nothing much is going to happen if you don't call them frequently like nothing's going to happen like you've got to invest the time into it it's it's not like you uh just outsource sourcing immediately because actually you have to put more time in at the front to get the time back in the future
1: agreed yeah and so let's uh let's talk about on the delegation side of things so you obviously prep centers doing the prep right and then are you still doing any of the sourcing or is it all VA based who's deciding who's placing the orders it's always interesting talking to people that have taken a, you know a lot more steps yeah. than me from a delegation perspective how they set up everything
0: so i have i have two two sources who source full time then i have one who i call a sourcing manager who sources helps out with the replenishments and manage, helps manage the other t- people in the team like with advice and stuff then i have a full time purchaser because we go quite wide on our products. Because I'm still new to America.
1: Yeah. I, and what is quite wide? Like how many ASINs for for eighty,
0: ninety K a month? Maybe we have hold on. Let me have a quick look.
1: Cool. All right, you got the live you got the live data rolling in. I'm just gonna I'll just check how much is being repriced
0: actually. Hold on, reprice dashboard. Yeah, and well, do you literally just, just do you do Six. you just
1: use uh, reprice.com? It's like repricer.com, something like that?
0: No, I oh, use okay. Selesnap right now. Oh, that you
1: said that, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it says I have 631 active listings.
1: Ooh, that is a, wow. that's that's like about three times what I expect you to say when, when you're selling. <laughs> really? Why? A lot yeah. of active listings. That, like that, the revenue price is like really, really low on that.
0: But the thing is, I'm not sure if this is counting like on a skew level or an ASIN level. Because I have multiple SKUs, right? Because different probably have SKUs more than different prices.
1: Is your ASP hundred? Is my no. what? Your oh average. Oh, we're talking metrics. Your average sale price. Yeah, average sale price.
0: Oh, I think it's like eight between eighty and ninety dollars.
1: Oh, okay. So now, that could be that could be a total. Yeah, because that actually could be t- total listings. Then go to Seller Central and filter it to active. Or I mean, we hey, yeah, we, yeah. We, don't, we don't have to on everything. But yeah, it's, it's interesting oh, stuff. Everyone. So. so yeah, so your your ASP is really high, so it makes sense that you don't have to go as deep on stuff. Because the thing, what the thing is, is
0: everybody... so uh, we only do shoes and power right now. We have a few beauty items, but it's mostly shoes, and this is kind of like the reason why we've gone so wide, because there's a few items where I've got like thirty pairs of the same ASIN, or um, there's a few other types of shoes that we've went quite deep in. But this month we found that our return rate for these shoes that we have gone deep in is like exceptionally high, like for above thirty percent, right?
1: Oh, it's got to be so, like some like boots or so, something that's like an irregular that people wouldn't know the sizing of.
0: Actually, baseball shoes. Oh, um, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that because it's something that you know people are wearing during performance. I
0: feel like. Yeah, I'm converse. There, but their listings are kind of messy.
1: So messy. So, They're so profitable. though. This is so profitable.
0: That yeah, that's the thing. The yeah. Uh, But it's like, if you're weighing the cost of the returns, it's like, is it worth it in the long run? But I think there's certain sizes that are very profitable. Um, But yeah, so we have like 600 plus active listings, right? But we have multiple SKUs because we have different buy prices, different stores. So we use a custom SKU generator. So maybe like unique ASINs will be a lot less.
1: So you have multiple SKUs on the same listing. I didn't know you could do, isn't that like technically not allowed or something for buy box share?
2: You're only it's supposed weird. to have one merchant fulfill and one FBA. One offer. FBA.
1: yeah, but Amazon lets you do it that way. Yeah, it's but you f- could put so multiple dumb.
3: SKUs if you want.
1: Oh, you can! Was- I know, and that's why it yeah. doesn't yeah. make sense that they don't just restrict. Yeah, because Inventory Lab don't if you add in a different buy cost it aggregates, even if it's on the same SKU, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah, well, it will ask you. Yeah.
3: it will ask you if you want to repl- on Inventory Lab. It will ask if you want to replenish it or create a new SKU. Yeah. You will. when you're adding on a new ASIN screw, you can
2: create a new line item for a different buy cost.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Um on all that so what are that's the good. pros and cons of the UK marketplace compared to the US?
0: Well, the UK compared to the you, US. Cuz you you
1: shut down the UK right there's no yeah. UK right
0: now. I might restart it back. I'm thinking of restarting it back in like January February time after Q4 of USA. Mm-hmm. Cuz then more of the we'll have more data for USA in terms of like choosing a power so like better idea return rates and that kind of stuff. Yeah, then I can outsource more of it to my team. So then the idea is that I kickstart the UK again, but just use it off credit. Like I already know how the the UK market works, Same. So, so I can just run it off credit.
2: So keeping um, in mind, but, like,
0: up. Oh, go ahead. But in terms about like the benefits of UK over USA, well, it's at home, like.
1: Yeah, well, naturally. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So the risk is a lot less. Like, me sung in America, I don't see a single thing.
1: Like, yeah, you I, probably I, never I, have and probably never will.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, which is kind of crazy, right? Crazy. Me in the UK, Yeah, I could just, like, send it to home well, when I was in the UK. So, but... Oh. And the fact that, like, I know, like, you, you build a bigger network in your local area, because if you do doing RA, but I'm not there, so it doesn't matter anyway. So for me, there is no... There isn't really any advantage for doing it in the UK over the USA, especially as in the UK when you hit 85k turnover, you have to oh, get that. VAT registered.
1: Yeah, which is a pain, I'm sure. Yeah,
0: then you have to compete with non-VAT sellers as well, which is which damages oh, your Wait, margins. wait,
1: yeah, let's talk about that. It's interesting, yeah, because you're paying 20% more, and it do- the buyer,
0: so oh, it's the like, buyer- more like 10% more in total.
1: Yeah, right, because then the buyer doesn't care, obviously, so they. How does that work on, like, the listings? Is your price just – is it priced in? You just have higher fees.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So do some people, like, cut off their listings, like, at a certain point? You could forecast it correctly. Yeah, you could if you wanted to. You could.
0: If if you're doing, like, 20% ROI average, if you go to VAT – then maybe you'd be doing 10% instead on the same items. Yeah,
1: and then so, it, that destroys it with return, yeah. to, you know, occasional well, lost inventory. Really,
0: before you get VAT registered, you change the sourcing metrics on like SAS to VAT registered like two or three months before, just so you get used to it. And then that gives time for the existing stock to sell by the time your new stock comes in, which has been sourced to being VAT registered. So you kind of just get prepared a few months before.
2: How are the, as you've kind of shifted the marketplaces, Did you notice, like, a big difference in what sales ranks were good in UK as opposed to what sales ranks were good in...
0: Oh, dude, it is absurd. Like, USA stuff, month sells, like, five times quicker. I I mean, what was it? Like, a 9K... So, a 9K beauty rank in UK is, like, what, 150 sales per month?
1: Oh, okay, yeah. So, it's it's right around that. It's got to be right around that one-fifth. Yeah, right around that.
0: Yeah, in in USA it's like what one thousand five hundred or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's got yeah, it's got to be something like that, especially in beauty and everything. So when did you learn about Sellaran?
0: Mate, I've been using this since like I-, I would say I was one of the first people who brought it to. Probably
1: man. that's what I'm thinking, right? Because it's a uh, you know, yeah. I, I was from the UK and everything. It's it's pretty uh, pretty interesting. So. Yeah. it's like well over
0: a year, well like over, maybe yeah. just when I first started, I think. You guys so weren't even tweeting about it. Like I would
1: have known so much earlier if you and uh you and the crew was, were tweeting about it and such, uh, about, you know, back in the day. Um, Mate, I'm sure I was. So let's talk about Twitter, you know, uh, you know networking, right? We talk pretty much every yeah. episode about how we think more and more people should be getting online, being in the community, different stuff like that. But let's talk about if that's been positive for you, how, you know, if you think more people should do it or not.
0: I, I feel like I encourage everyone to build some sort of personal brand and just like, as you said, just network. Like the amount of help you give and you receive at the same time is just absolutely phenomenal. And then the opportunities as well. Like, look, if I was on Twitter, would I be here now on this podcast? Like, it kind no. of like And itself. we wouldn't, like, if
1: we weren't on oh, Twitter, man. yeah. If, Dan, if Danny never came to my high school, none of us would be here on this stuff. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, the opportunity from Twitter is just insane. And you find so much people, like you click with as well. And I think that's a big part of it for me. Like I get along much better with people on Twitter than in real life. And I've met so many people from Twitter in real life too. So it's it's pretty insane. Like, you talk to people from across the world and at one point you see them and it's like it's, it's crazy.
2: I mean even even in the in America, like it's it's a wild thing to have been talking to someone online, exchanging DMs, that sort of
3: thing for months and then actually meeting them in person it's like it's like a wild thing it's a super wild concept especially in a place where like a lot of those people are like in miami it's very weird uh but it's cool though because it's like a real group of like like like-minded people who are just trying to get to it it's it's awesome yeah it's always interesting because
2: like talking to people online you have like a perception on like what you expect them to look like like their height like and then in, in person, that you never the same. Yeah, you build like a, like a
3: character <laughs> in your head. Like exactly. a video game character in your head. Yeah. yeah I
1: remember the first time I met Romer, which was probably close to three years ago to the day. For some reason, I thought he was like 6'4 It's the first time. It, it was the first time I ever met an Amazon person in real life. Oh, no, outside of John. Shout out John. Side hustle experiment. But Romer was, and I thought he was like 6'3, and then he ended up being like one inch taller than me. And I That's like how
2: I thought you were miles. I thought you were gonna be taller. Really? Than oh, dude, no, come on.
1: That, I, that think I, kinda, yeah. I think I and
3: figured i was gonna be taller as well.
1: And you're Jake taller than opposite. I remember, Danny. When I when we saw each other after like three years or whatever, you were taller than I thought you were too. Dude, we went
3: on, to high school together.
1: Yeah, but you it's were. I, I saw such greatness in you when you said you were gonna sell <laughs> the foam posits yourself instead of giving them to me to sell, and you did it. Jake was the opposite. Jake was way taller. Jake's than a I big had. body, yeah. J- Jake <laughs> better be sold. grabbing. Jake better be at least grabbing rim. I doubt he is, but he, yeah, he should like be six one.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, way taller um, than I was
2: expecting.
1: Yeah, hundred percent on that. Oh yeah, I, w- I was just gonna say, um, what uh, draws you to shoes and clothing?
0: It's easy to spend money. Like,
1: hundred percent agree. A thousand the variations, the highest, ASP. Right, yeah. ten of a shoes, five hundred bucks.
0: I Talk think it's, it's got a bit, It has a very high barrier to entry as well because it's quite complicated. I think a lot of people are making a lot less money than they think they are, and I think I'm still not making nowhere near the amount of money I want to be doing it because I've still got so much to learn in this niche, and the keeper analysis and the data monitoring that you have to do is quite a lot. So I think it's got a very high barrier to entry. But once you understand it fully and um, the difference, you know, the variations and listings and the return rates for each item, then the sky is the limit. You can go so high.
2: As you've kind of gained experience with shoes, has your margins and, and expected thresholds changed at all? Like, have you increased your margins as you've kind of gotten used to the returns and stuff?
0: So I would say this month is the worst month because our return rate got hit massively by Converse. So... We started to go deeper at the start or towards the end of July. And I think we went deep on a few of the wrong items. But I think that's all part of the learning, right? So I would say not yet. We're still learning. Um But I think in, a, in the next few months, the margin will be in a place we want it to be for sure. Very and good. When I think I'm in between, it should be between 10 and 15. I'd be happy with. Yeah, yeah As long as like, stuff's... Maybe, uh...
1: Yeah, like, sales, sales tax free prep pricing. Pardon? Oh, uh, sales tax free prep center like Montana, Delaware, New Hampshire, one of those states.
0: So right now we're not using a sales tax free prep center. Ooh, Ooh. interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm using some guy who I know. Uh, it's like <laughs> seven point five percent, but so we do get. But we are moving to a sales tax free sales tax free prep center like next month. Or towards the end of next month so that will be sorted soon but the reason why we went with this guy is that i'd rather suffer with the margins and have the service that i need rather than me jump into a brand new expensive niche send tens or twenty thousand dollars worth of shoes to a prep center and then nothing happens right so That's is it's like pardon
2: I was going to say, that's going to be a wild thing. When you switch prep centers, your margins instantly.
0: Yeah, up true. like
1: 5% at that ASP, Yeah, yeah. It's, going to be, it's going to be like like 5 to 6% increase. So in it's late. going to
0: be a little bit less. We have an entire process built around tax exemptions. So we have about 10 to 15 stores, which give us tax exemptions or refunds. So we have built a way around it, but still I'd say about 50% of the stores that we shot from we still have to pay a sales tax so gotcha. maybe it's gonna be like a two and a half to three percent which will increase, be great yeah huge. and
1: you figure how much more will you buy from other places now that won't give you know what i mean that's just a kind yeah. of advantage on uh, and more of yeah. the same thing more competitive buy costs now you can price differently can buy more you can sell them longer on uh, on all that so uh okay yeah when we met just like banter on the timeline you were on Selling on UK, in UK. Now you're in Mexico, yeah. selling on US. What's the timeline and, and why, uh, why uh, hopping down to Mexico as well?
0: It, well, so you know who Thomas Parkinson is, right? I'm very good mates with him.
1: Fast track, right?
0: Yeah, fast track. Yeah,
1: guy. okay, cool. Yeah.
0: So he, he's living in Mexico, well, basically everywhere. So I came to see him for a month and I was going to go back for a month and then come back like a year after because I but I went to the dentist when it started. I went to the dentist in Mexico. and it's like, your orthodontics are doing it all wrong. So I was like, and "Then know, you told me how, how to fix it. So it's kind of like, okay, well, you know how to fix it. So I'll just move to Mexico then. So I went home, packed my bags. A month later, I just moved to Mexico. But I always wanted to leave the UK anyway and travel. So it, it was just like the perfect opportunity to, to do it.
1: Yeah. And then how? what was the timeline on the figuring out UK, getting it scaled up to switching to US?
0: it was always in the back of my mind like I created the NLC like when last year but it's kind of like March April time probably more like April we started taking USA more seriously maybe I moved all my team to USA around May so we've been doing it for like three and three to three and a half months probably. I'd say so I'm still very new to the market this is why I'm cautious of like just going very deep on lots of products so I'm coming in with with my UK money, which is a decent bit of capital, right? So if I if I just dropped like 10K and like Hawker Sandals, that would just be an absolute nightmare. So i have to going, get
1: that much quantity too. At least a, you know a couple orders, short time span.
0: Yeah. Well no, what part of Mexico are you in? Mexico City right now. I oh, think okay. I'm gonna stay here for like another month or two. Then I need to fly out to renew the some sort of tourist card. So maybe I'll go to like Dominican Republic for a month or Guatemala. Go there for a month and then come back.
3: Have you been Can to you any know? other parts of Mexico yet? Not yet.
0: I've got plans to go to Tulum and Playa del Carmen.
3: I was in I was in Playa um in January. I liked it. It was nice. Where was you? In Playa. Playa? is Playa, a del, Playa del Carmen
2: oh that's how you say it oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm like are you are you posted up in airbnbs or hotels or or what are you doing for
0: this so i'm just moving around in airbnbs like i thought of getting like a six-month contract in mexico city but it's like what's the point i'm in mexico why don't just go to different cities right the Airbnbs
3: are cheap there too yeah so what do you you they're not well they're not like
0: cheap but so this me right now is about $1,300 per month.
1: Oh, so that must be pretty like, nice then. Yeah, yeah it's like For that really nice yeah.
0: central, central Mexico City. To, so the, the apartments are pretty nice. But I would say it's not as cheap as, as I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a bit cheaper. But then you go to like Tulum, it's like cheaper and you get a pool. Yeah, so,
3: oh, that's what I'm thinking. That's kind, <laughs> yeah, that's of, yeah, that's that's kind thinking. of like how Playa del Carmen is. It's a little bit cheaper and, like, there's just pools and you have to be in a cool spot. Beach? Wi-Fi oh, yeah. at
0: the beach? Yeah. so it's, it's a cool area. Man, it's going to be so sick.
3: And
1: had you traveled before? Is this your first, like, extend world travel?
0: So, I've mm-hmm. flown around in Europe, like, before COVID. And then I went to America when I was 15. So, I really, this oh. is how like old, how old are you? 30.
1: Oh, cool, cool. That's what's up. Yeah. So, it's been a little while, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is not like the first personal international oh and what were you
1: doing prior to reselling too that's i don't know why we never asked that or we never oh, got like, it out so, of you it's
0: like such a boring job man all
1: right so, uh okay i'll go accounting what are what do you guys
3: got
0: i was gonna say history. accounting as well history teacher what
3: what the heck uh okay <laughs> let's, hear it, let's hear it let's hear
0: it so i was uh, I a mean, do you know what crm is
1: yeah i guess were, Just
0: management. yeah right yeah, yeah. So I was a hybrid consultant for what's called Dynamic CRM, which is Microsoft's version of CRM. So mm. it's built for enterprises, and I was a functional consultant and a technical consultant. Mean meaning I develop programs, I talk to people, train people. So I, I do a bit of it for like a jack of all trades, in the area. That's just that doesn't really like, sound
3: as
2: boring as you thought. As I
3: thought
2: yeah, that's like, what
3: I'm. That's, yeah, that, that sounds cool. too. Yeah. It sounds what? It sounds kind of cool. No, it's not so boring, definitely- man.
0: It's like a massive so database that so yeah. build, it's, it's so dumb.
1: Gotcha, cool Good man. Problem. Um, yeah, so uh, a year from now, what do you expect to be doing? Where do you expect to be living? Numbers on Amazon, all that one year from now,
0: probably or six months. Yeah, okay, six months. Um, I want to do about 200 to 250k turnover in November and December
1: total. You can totally do each, yeah, You're like each. already, oh, we. Oh, I like the energy. Okay, cool. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you, so you got work to do then, yeah.
0: Yeah. This is why I'm like going wide so I can figure out the returns issues. And I've got this converse issue. I've got too many converse returns. So I'm just like working all these things out. But I think we can really do like 200 to 250K each month. And I want to do that around 10% plus net margin. So that's what we're working towards at the moment. Um, Our goal was going to be to do 120K turnover next month. But considering what happened this month, I want to backtrack it. and Maybe it only end for like ninety to hundred k turnover.
1: Uh huh. And did uh did the food poisoning ever get figured out?
0: Mate, I had some.
1: Yeah, it's Octo- octopus tacos.
0: Yeah. Yeah, never- bro. The thing is, the food hygiene in Mexico is so bad, man. You walk oh, past yeah. these food stalls, it's like meat in the stall after in the sun. Like, oh, dude. dude, it's
3: the worst it's it's actually the worst i i got food poisoning my last day in Playa del carmen but i think i don't know if it was food poison i think it's because i was eating the ice cubes uh the night before i ate a bunch of ice cubes yeah ice cubes. And you're not supposed though. to drink the water so i'm pretty it's sure like that's ice cubes
0: hit. yeah yeah oh man you were
3: down bad wi-fi i i was down pretty horrendously on the plane on the way back damn <laughs> you hate to see it all right cool cool gavin so where can uh people find you on socials
0: yeah, so I'm super active on Twitter. Uh, the name's Gavin Sweeney with two Ys. S-W-E-E-N-E-Y-Y.
1: All right. Sounds good. Everyone awesome. out there, wish Garrett good luck on his soccer game tonight. It's in a few minutes here and everything. Uh, thanks it. for coming on, Gavin, as well. Uh, everyone, make sure you check out Celeram. Check out Gavin's stuff he's got going on. Follow on Twitter. As such. such, follow Wi-Fi astronaut. Uh, and everyone,
0: have a great night. Thanks a lot for listening, guys.